tools for living, room to grow, a space of grace to become everything God wants us to be. You're listening to The Living Room Podcast with Joanna Weaver, episode 99. Has God been stirring something in your heart lately? Has He been asking you to step out and do that thing for Him? Well, I think you're going to really enjoy today's conversation. I'm talking with author and podcaster Rebecca George about her new book, Do the Thing. And we talk about the fear of failure, but also the fear of success. We even go places like how to deal with false humility and what to do when jealousy and envy raise their ugly heads. So here's my conversation. I hope you enjoy it. I'm so excited to have one of my all-time favorite people right here on the Living Room Podcast. Rebecca George has become so precious to me. And Rebecca, thank you. Thank you for joining me. I am so excited to talk about your new book. It's not coming out until the new year, but you guys, it is so good. We got to start talking about it now. It's called Do the Thing, Gospel-Centered Goals, Gumption and Grace for the Go-Getter Girl. Okay, how long did it take you to come up with that subtitle? Because it's so (laughs) awesome. The whole title is awesome. Oh, Joanna. I am so excited to be with you today. This is so fun. We talked about this before. This is one of my first real conversations that I get to have about the book. So this is a blast. And how long did it take? I love a good alliteration. And so it was actually one of those things where I sat down to brainstorm subtitles and I had about 10 and that one I kept coming back to just because I love the way it sounded with all of the G's. And so that's the one I presented to my publisher. And shockingly enough, that was the original one I gave them. They loved it. I loved it. And I hear that's a miracle in the publishing industry. And so I'm very thankful for that. Well, I love it. Well, even just the title, Do the Thing. And um, I think part of what I loved about you is you're doing the thing, but I can just tell that you're doing it for Jesus. And I'm sure there are days where that gets a little mixed up, um, where sure. especially as we're you know trying to trying to navigate online ministry and all of that stuff, can you just tell us a little bit about the heart behind the book? As far as the heart for the book, I can think back about a decade ago when I felt when I really feel God put this into my heart. And at the time, I was leading this ministry that I led for about five or six years after my mom's cancer journey. She's, praise the Lord, a cancer survivor now. But through her her season with cancer, God put this ministry on my heart where we would go into hospital systems all across the country and we would donate hand-sewn, knitted, and crocheted hats coupled with letters of encouragement to cancer patients. We did work with St. Jude and MD Anderson and all kinds of amazing organizations. And you know, when you lead something and God is blessing it, you you get the opportunity to talk about it with different groups of people. And so I was doing a lot of that. I was doing some speaking. And when I would speak about what God was doing, I kept having women come up to me afterwards. And I don't know if you, I'm mm-hmm. sure you have conversations like this, Joanna, after you speak, which is probably one of my favorite parts of, of any time I get to share. Women were coming up to me and saying, okay, I love what God's doing in your story. How cool. And also, 
I feel like I have my own version of that. And at that point, they would they would almost always start to whisper, right? Like, I feel like I have my own version of that. But there were several things that would stop them. Either they didn't know where to start. They felt like it was going to be too hard for their season of life, or they were scared of what other people would think, or they saw maybe a a perceived competitor out there doing something similar, but they felt like God was calling them to do something in a similar vein. But would they have competition and would they be good enough? And all of those things that can get in the way and be stumbling blocks to new things that God calls us into. And so I had so many conversations with women that felt like what I just described, that when I went down the path of writing quite a bit more, and God made it pretty clear that I was going to walk down the road of publishing, that was kind of my, I call it my, if I got hit by a bus book. If I didn't get to write another book and there was a core message that I feel like God has given me to encourage women, it's the it's the message that's wired within my heart. It is this book and it is encouraging women to see their calling and the the divine appointments God puts in front of us from a gospel-centered perspective as opposed to I hope a lot of a lot of other books we tend to find on the shelves that are very focused on self and not focused on living out the Great Commission and using our gifts and talents to the glory of God. That's what I want women to walk away from this book feeling more equipped to do. Mm, I love that so much because I think you're right. I mean, it is this weird stewardship that we're called yeah. to where um, you know, God has something for us and and only we can do the thing. You know, like I, I have so yeah. many people say, I've got a book, you know, I, I, maybe they've even written a book. It's not just, I've got yeah. a book in me, but I, I've written a book, but it's just sitting on their hard drive. And, and we do have to take that, that step of faith to kind of, I, I've always used that verse, you know, cast your bread on the water where we mm. we're the ones that have to, to put it out there. You know, God can't use it. If we're not willing, and here's the tricky part, if we're not willing to put it out there and take the chance of rejection, you know, some of us are terrified to be rejected. Some of us are, I've had women say, I'm afraid to do it because what if it's a success? And they're afraid of what success will hold for them. And so I think just to like, even trust the Lord enough to go, okay, Lord, the other verse I love to use is here's my lunch. You know, here's yeah. the lunch that I've packed that you you've put in me and I've put it in a form that can be used by others. And so I'm going to put it into your hands and see what you would want to do with it. But it ha- I think that gospel centered piece is so important. I think that's been honestly the struggle for me because I know my flesh. I know I'm on the side of, no, I need significance. You know, I need to know I, 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 and sometimes even success driven, I feel like the Lord's done a lot in me on that level. And yet it still does kind of want to raise its ugly head. So whatever end Mm -hmm. of the spectrum you're on, afraid of failing or afraid, too afraid of succeeding, how do we bring it back to that gospel centered place? That's so good. And one of the things I've been processing with the Lord, and I'm sure you can identify with this, Joanna, is I'm an achiever. I, that's yeah. my 
the bent of my personality. I've always been that way as long as I can remember. And I used to be really apologetic about it, right? I used to think that was wrong and almost a false sense of humility was right. Hmm. And something I've been processing through with the Lord is, and you actually helped me with this in a conversation we had several months ago, and you probably don't even remember having it, but one thing I've been processing through is, okay, I, I'm a go-getter girl, right? In the subtitle of, of my book. And God has wired me that way to bring him glory. Yeah. And when I'm seeing my calling through the eyes of my flesh and through the side of me that wants to achieve and, and wants to accomplish all of the things for my own glory or my own fame, I get so, so off kilter from what God would have me to focus on and, and to pour myself into. And that's, that's a pivot that I think if we're all real honest, no matter what our challenge, personality challenge might be, there's a pivot that we have to choose to make on a daily basis of, okay, Lord, here's my lunch. Here's my lunch. I'm going to give you my lunch again today. And tomorrow yeah. when I wake up, I'm going to give you my lunch again tomorrow. And I'm going to trust that in your divine timing, in your way that brings you the utmost glory, you are going to use this, this, these loaves and fishes that I'm handing yes. you, and you're going to multiply it in the way that brings you the most glory. And I think when we start there, a lot of things happen. We don't, don't we don't fear rejection as much, yeah. right? Because we know ultimately God is in control mm -hmm. and He's sovereign over all things. And let's say, you know, I'll take my book journey for for instance. I experienced a ton of rejection along <laughs> this path. And I knew that at each turn, God was teaching me things and refining and sanctifying me in ways that were necessary for me to be able to write the book that you and I are talking about today. I shudder at the thought of the book that I would have written a decade ago when I thought I was ready. Yeah. You know, I, I wasn't. And praise God that he closed the wrong doors until it was time mm. for me to be ready for that. I see that now in hindsight, right? And that's that's real easy for me to say a decade on the other side of rejection. But if you're in the midst of that today, so often it can be a redirection towards mm -hmm. what God has for you in this season, which might be refining you and sanctifying you. And, and that's not the answer any of us want to hear, right? When we're chasing a dream. But so often it's through that process that God prepares us and molds us and shapes us more into the likeness of Christ. And in the opposite way, if the fear of success is something that you're, you're fearing or you are um, really struggling with, I think that's a whole, a, a whole different set of um, things to walk through with the Lord of I am writing this book or I'm starting this thing or I'm whatever it is, again, for your glory. Right. And I trust that I might not, I might not feel equipped for whatever that means six months from now today. Mm -hmm. And that's not on me. Right. right. God will equip his his daughters, his people to do the work of the ministry that he has prepared for us in advance, as scripture tells us. And if we really take God on his word and and take that one obedient step forward after another, 
He will continue to equip us. And, and that won't always feel real comfortable right. or real easy, right? Mm-hmm. But that's where it brings us back to this daily dependence that we have to have on the Lord as we walk out our calling. Because again, when I start relying on my own strength or my own power or my own gumption, and I don't see that through a gospel-centered perspective, that gets me in trouble, no matter what side of the spectrum I'm on. Yeah, yeah. I totally agree. I totally agree. You know, from this side of publishing and this side of, you know, what the world might perceive as per success on some levels, you know, I, I, I think that idea that we're so afraid of what God might do, and I love that you say, no, he'll be there to help us. Yeah. The one thing I would say is, at least for my journey, it didn't change my life very much. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And sometimes I think, and, and that can be frustrating for the go-getter, you know, because we, yeah. we want the open doors. We want the big thing. But for me, God was so good. And I think that's the thing to remember, especially when we're walking out this calling with him, he's not the slave driver that we are. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. the good shepherd that takes us at a pace we can go. And, and so, you know, for me, that did include some parameters on my life where he just made mm-hmm. it clear, you know, that I wasn't going to be able, at least for my journey, to say yes to every opportunity. And yeah. um, that there, there there was just like eight to 10 times a year that God has allowed me to speak. Um, now, does that mean that that should be the parameters of everybody else's life? Absolutely not. Yeah. Because we're each... He each has, you know, I I think of some of the women that are like traveling, you know, two thirds of the year, maybe more, and God is using them in incredibly significant, powerful ways. And for me to put trans, almost like put my calling on their calling, or conversely, try to put their calling on my calling and feel less than because I'm not doing as much you know, as yes. maybe my little inner go-getter girl wants to do would be wrong. And so just trusting that he's already there. Like, I love that he's already there in my tomorrow and he's going to lead me in the path I should go as I just follow him each step of the way. Yeah, I love that. And I'm thinking about, you know, what you said about somebody who might be speaking two-thirds of the year and you see God blessing their ministry and and you think... Or you maybe wonder, would that have happened to me had I opened myself up to that much travel or or what, you know, insert your life experience. You're going to have listeners who cannot relate to that, that part of our lives at all, but insert your life experience. And, and I think one of the things from the book that the Lord gave me that I come back to over and over in that, because that happens all the time for us, right? In, in our work, her win is not your loss. Mm, Yeah. A win for the kingdom of God is a win for the kingdom of God. Mm, I love that. Right? And so if God has made it clear to you, Joanna, you are supposed to speak eight to 10 times a year, give that all that you've got for my Mm -hmm. glory and and that the audience is good and, and you do that, you know, faithfully. But outside of that, you are to be serving in your local church, being a a wife and all the other responsibilities that, that God has given you as well. None of those are more or less significant than the moment when you're standing on stage yeah. or the moment when 
you know, your peer in our industry is standing on stage. And so that's something that the Lord has really had to carve out and refine in me is when I see those things, mostly online, right? Right. Which is a whole nother conversation that could be an entire podcast. (laughs) We see all, you know, everybody else's lives online and that can be a real trigger for, you know, feeling like maybe we've missed it or missed out. And when I choose to say, you know what, when my friend was speaking at a conference and God used her mightily in the lives of the women that were sitting in that audience. While I was sitting at home spending quality time with my husband, neither one of those are less significant. Mm-hmm. And I praise God for what he did in her while I was in a completely different type of weekend. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I love how you said that because I think sometimes Sometimes we need to acknowledge, okay, that's tweaking something in my flesh. <laughs> you know, yes. Awakening um, envy or jealousy. And, you know, that used to undo me at the core. Sometimes I have to confess that still does. It's like, oh, bad me, yeah. terrible me. I shouldn't be feeling that. But if we understand that there's a war in the member of our bodies, that our our spirit really does want that gospel-centered approach mm-hmm. to life, but our flesh is still wrapped up in our ego. And to Mm -hmm. acknowledge that and not let that cancel our pure desire, I think that's something I'm trying to work on because Mm -hmm. I tend to go to the bad me, terrible me. I shouldn't feel that way. And so then I go to that point where you talked about where all of a sudden false humility comes in and Mm -hmm. that, and I'm like, I shouldn't be like this. I'm way too much. I, I, you know, because I know I have mixed motives. And so I've even talked to some other ministry leaders and I said, how do you do that? How do you navigate the mixed motives? And some of them, it's almost like, I've almost felt like a little bit shut down. Like, well, I just don't do any navel gazing. (laughs) Like, okay, yes, I can see that that could be navel gazing. Okay. But what about on a Tuesday when you feel envy? What do you do then? That's what I'm really asking. (laughs) Really, truly. I mean, I'm like, I'm like, so do you, do you not struggle with that? Because I struggle with that, right? Yeah. And so I love that you're giving us some practical things. Like I can look at, okay, I'm feeling envy and I can bring that, even bring that to the Lord. You know, absolutely. um, I can bring those places where I thought it was going to turn out one way. Mm -hmm. And it turned out another. And Mm -hmm. rather than, than feeling like, um, even like ashamed, well, I shouldn't be disappointed because I'm just doing it for the kingdom. Like yeah. even being able to bring my disappointment to the Lord. How how has that all worked with you? Yeah. You know, the thing that I keep thinking as you're talking is if we're all real honest, we all experience the struggles that we're talking about. Again, insert your life experience, but we all experience jealousy. We all experience envy. And if we come back to the root of it, the root of really our sin, right? Do we do we have to sin as a follower of Christ? No. Will we sin this side of heaven? Yes. There you go. Because we are imperfect people. And so mm-hmm. as imperfect people, as we walk into a moment where that ping of jealousy or that sting of rejection and, and anger bubbles up in our hearts— what I think is transformative is the choice we make afterwards. Yeah. That's what you and I are talking about, yeah. right? We have a choice. And if we make the 
brave choice to say, God, I just ask that you meet me in the midst Mm. of my disappointment. I ask that you somehow redeem this moment of rejection yeah. or or whatever it is he will meet us in those moments and and even sometimes physically to say okay god i'm trusting that you're using this this other person for your kingdom and yeah. and sometimes the most powerful thing i can do is pray for that person that's right that's and that's right. the last thing i'm going to want to do in that moment but when i turn my heart to prayer so many times god transforms that envy into praise or mm-hmm. into encouragement for that person or, or whatever it it is. Again, insert your life experience. And so I think it's realizing that we will experience those moments, but knowing where to turn yeah. in them, I think that's the transformative piece or has been in my life. Yeah. I love that. Um, you know, even the, talking about this is kind of helping me um, just kind of navigate a little bit that I've been feeling even just right now um, in this season of my life. And the whole idea, you know, it's not a sin to be tempted. And I used yeah. to think it was. I thought the moment sure. I was tempted, I had failed. But I mm. love what you say. You know, it's what we do with that. When that emotion comes up or that feeling, you know, I think about, and it goes for everything that we struggle with in life, you know, the anger that we feel, the hurt that we feel, um, all of it. What am I going to do with that? Am I going to nurse it and rehearse it? Am I going to invite it in for a a pity party? (laughs) You know, mm-hmm. poor me. Oh, yeah. You know, I think of that woman out there who's maybe that young woman out there who's like, oh, I thought my life was going to be so different. I thought I was going to get to be a yeah. stay at home mom and I have to work. And I'm watching all these other mothers, you know, posting things on Instagram and I feel like I've really messed it up or I've missed it. No, you know, my, my mama had to work full time when full time wasn't cool when you yeah. were culturally supposed to be at home. And she did come, finally come to that point where she said, okay, Lord, this is the portion you've assigned to me and I'm not going to feel guilty about it anymore. That's right. And rather than comparing our lives with someone else to go, no, Lord, my life is in your hands. You have, uh, you know, I, I've been praying that prayer and and just declaring it. Like David said, my boundaries have fallen in delightful places. You know, can I say that about my life, about my realm of influence, about whether or not I have a ministry title or not, or whether I'm, I have a successful business. Now it's flipped. And it's like, if you're not have, if you're not an online hustler, then you're not cool. If you're not having influence, you're not cool. And so I think, I think it's important to know the enemy gets us coming and going, whatever he can do to dismantle our effectiveness where God has placed us right here and right now. And it may just be a little season, like you mm-hmm. were saying, that season where he kept us small and I've had it in my life and I'm, I, I've had it experienced it again at times where my, my significance is small. Can I be faithful right there mm-hmm. with what he's assigned to me at this moment rather mm-hmm. than getting chasing another moment or living in regret of moments that have passed? How do we, how do we do the thing? When the thing's not necessarily what we wish we were doing. Oh, isn't that the million dollar question? I I love that, Joanna. And 
something God brings to my mind often in that is remembering he has something for me there too, Mm. right? Whether it is, you know, a nine to five job that you would prefer that you didn't have to work, you'd prefer that you're you're working full time on that business that you've started or that ministry that, you know, God's led you to or, or whatever it is. If God still has your feet planted in something else, there's a reason for that. Again, there's something he's forging in you. There's a way he wants to use you. And sometimes, I don't know about you, I miss those things when I'm so laser focused on the thing in my flesh that I want to be pursuing when, in fact, if I would just allow God to use me right where my feet are planted, I would be so much more effective. And I know that's been the case for me. I have had years of working in corporate job that I wished, you know, I I could have stopped doing in order to fully, full-time, be able to pursue ministry activities and writing and speaking and that kind of thing. And I can look back now and see skills that God developed in me and a business sense that I wouldn't have had had I not spent years in corporate America. And so many areas of me that have been shaped and molded in my 20s that had I just jumped into a full-time ministry career, I would not have had. Even the other night, I was talking to a friend who is in a an HR role at a, a town or a, a company here in town. And I worked in HR for many years, and we were sort of talking about some things that she does in her new role. And And I said to her at dinner, I said, I look back over my years of working in human resources and I just praise God for what he yeah. grew in me yeah. because I'm using those things now. And so from a girl on the other side to mm-hmm. a girl in the thick of, you know, maybe a season where you're somewhere that you'd rather not be. Yeah. I think one step of faithfulness after the other, trusting that God is going to redeem those things and use those very things that he is shaping in you now is where we we have to turn again we're going to experience those moments where we think, man, God, I wish I didn't have to wake up and go to this job that I don't super love every day. Or God, you know, you have me staying at home with these babies full time. And that I never thought that would be my story. And I don't feel meant for this, right? Sometimes we feel guilty for that. I think as moms, I'm not a mom yet. I just am friends with a lot of moms. And so Mm -hmm. I I hear things. Mm -hmm. And so I think that can be a struggle as well. And realizing, like, you have an image bearer of God Mm. that you are raising to know Him and to help make Him known in the world. And you have such an opportunity to raise that child up in the way that he or she should go, as Scripture tells us, and to raise them to, to know the Lord. And what a gift that you are raising up another image bearer of God to go out into the world, to use their gifts and talents to glorify God. And so many times we see that as a distraction yeah. from our calling or our purpose or whatever big you know word we like to use to describe the work that we do for the glory of God. And I think so many times, like we talked about earlier, Joanna, it's not that we won't experience those thoughts of, man, I wish I had more time for that. Or, man, I wish, you know, God had me in this ministry role for full time, or I was working on this side hustle full time and not having to work this corporate job. Whatever your story is, that longing that we feel, it's not that we won't experience it. It's 
do we turn that over to the Lord yeah. and say, God, I trust that you are at work in me. You are at work right in the boundary where you have my feet planted, as we talked about a few mm-hmm. minutes ago. And I trust again that you are molding me, that you are shaping me more into the likeness of Christ, that you will use this season to prepare me for what you have for me next, which is a whole nother conversation that, you know, we're, I'm happy to have when God sort of, um, you know, sends us into a new assignment that often happens and that can be hard as well, which we talk about in the book. But again, I don't think it's that we don't experience the longing. I think it's where we turn in the midst of the longing. Yes. Amen. Oh my goodness. This has been so good, Rebecca. And I um, I love just this talk about how to be faithful right where we are and knowing that God's using it all. But I think of some women out there that, oh my goodness, God's been stirring some things in their hearts. In fact, maybe there's some that have had old dreams that's just kind of starting to feel like they're resurrecting a little bit. And so yeah. I would just love to spend this next time just talking about how do we step into what we sense God calling us to do? How do we do the thing? I love this question. It's an important question. And God is going to invite us into new things throughout our lives. That is such a joy that we get to join Him in His work here this side of heaven. And Sometimes when we step into something new, I don't know about you, Joanna, but it feels really scary to me many times. And there's a story I tell in the book that makes me think of this journey that we often take with the Lord. My grandfather and I took a painting class together a few years ago. He is one of the most crafty people I've ever known. And he called me and wanted to take this oil painting class. And I remember us showing up to the Hobby Lobby where the class was, and there were these white canvases, you know, all, spread all across the room. And there was this instructor at the front of the class, and he had the finished painting there for us to look at. And I remember looking at that painting, and it was this sort of pristine winter scene of mountains, and there was a water edge. And I mean, it was just this beautiful painting. And I remember looking at my grandfather and thinking, there is no way we are going to walk out of this Hobby Lobby with a painting that resembles anything like what I'm looking at at the front of the class when we started the class. It was about six hours long. And I looked at the palette of paint that we had been given. Joanna, they gave us like four colors. Wow. And I remember looking at the painting and thinking, there is no way we have what we need to do this. Mm. And the instructor was so encouraging And step by step, he taught us what brushes to use and how to wet them and how to apply the paint to the canvas and how to mix the colors and make something beautiful. And lo and behold, six hours later, we walked out of that Hobby Lobby with this gorgeous painting. But there was so much I think I learned in that, not only about how to paint with oil, but about this journey that we take with the Lord. You know, we had been given everything we needed for success in that class, much like scripture tells us we are given everything we need to live a life of faithfulness and godliness. And 
with the instructor, Nick was his name, with his instruction and taking his cues and really listening to his instruction, we were able to create something beautiful. Mm -hmm. And when I think about my calling, many of the things that my papa and I had to do in that class, we join with the Lord in a similar way to take what he's given us, to take the gifts and talents he has lavished on our lives, the community he has placed us within where we get to serve and encourage other people, or maybe the workplace he's placed us within and and he's called us into this new project or, or whatever the thing is that you're looking forward to. And we get to join him in that and we get to you know, partner with him through the power of the Holy Spirit in us, leading and guiding and giving us wisdom liberally, as as the book of James tells us, as we take those steps of obedience. And I don't know about you, Joanna, but sometimes for me, the very first steps towards something new feel the scariest yeah. or the first couple of brushstrokes across a canvas in the middle of a painting class feel the scariest. But once we get on that path of faithfulness and obedience to God and wherever he's calling and leading us, that is where the momentum picks up, at least I think for me oftentimes. And so I bet some of your listeners are coming to this conversation thinking, okay, I know where God's leading. It's not that I feel uncertain of what's next or where I'm headed. It's just the actual doing it right. that feels scary. And so I think encouragement in those first couple of shaky steps would be my biggest piece of encouragement today. I don't know about you, Joanna. How does how does that land with you? If you're stepping into something new, does that feel familiar to you? Yeah, I love that. I love I love the whole idea of it's you have what you need. Because yes. we, we look at the bare bones and we're going, oh my goodness, I don't see how to get from here to there. But as you were speaking, I was just thinking, for me, one of the key things was just to just first of all, especially when it's a big step, check back in with God. And really yeah. make sure that it is what he wants me to do. Because I'm like you, there's that leading, there's that feeling, there's all of that. But sometimes for me, it's been really important just to like, to kind of close myself off a little bit with a pad of paper and mm-hmm. just in prayer, go, Lord, this is what I'm sensing, but I really yeah. need to know what you think. Because I don't, there's some things like for me writing, oh, I'm telling you what, it's as I've said many times, it's the hardest thing I do, but I know yeah. that I know that I know. I can take you back to the moment that God said, yes, this is my will for your life. And and it was a culmination of little moments that came to the big aha. But um, mm. I, I think a lot of times I've got lots of great ideas. I could be doing all sorts of things, but knowing that you know that you've taken time to really find out what God says. And even brainstorming on paper, Lord, what would the first step be? What would the next? And that's helped me too, rather than yes. getting overwhelmed with the big picture of what I think he is saying, is actually asking for the Holy Spirit's help to go, what would be the one thing? What's the next right mm-hmm. thing? And then just trusting that as I take that step, he'll show me what the next step is after that. What about you? Yeah. No, I think that's so good. And when I think of those moments in my own life, 
when I really struggled to move forward or I felt stuck, often it was because I didn't feel like I had direction from the Lord, yeah. right? And and what a gift that pause can be, right? Sometimes we get so frustrated. Even me and you this week, we've had conversations of of us both in certain ways feeling stuck and and how do we get out of that? And and that's a reality for all of us in our calling. But sometimes for me, that can almost be a prompt of, mm. okay, something's off. Right. I don't feel momentum. I don't feel joy around this work that I'm doing. Where are you leading me? And then when he speaks to us and when we're faithful to to seek him for that direction, once I have that, that is when I feel like I can really move forward in in confidence, right? Not out of my own ability or my own power or my own strength, but no, God made it clear. Yeah. This is where I'm headed. And so I know he's going to protect me and provide and and sustain me in the middle of, you know, whatever step of obedience he's asking me to take. And so I think you're right. I, you know, I was speaking to the woman who felt like she had direction, but there's also the woman who might be listening today who really is is stuck and and just needs to spend some time, some good time in prayer asking right. the Lord to give her direction. So I think, you know. That that's step one. I was I was on to step two, Joanna. So thank you for <laughs> well, backing I, me up and I, talking about that because it matters so much. Well, and I want to say that it's an important point for those of us who have clear direction or or, or feel like we do because, yeah. like I said, there's you know you and I have talked so many times in the online space, in writing, podcasting, all of this stuff. We can do so many things. But only the Holy Spirit knows what's important. And if I run ahead of God um, without ever meaning it, I become Mm -hmm. flesh driven rather than spirit led. And so Mm -hmm. I, and a boy, girl, I've done it enough where I've run ahead. I've, I've got the word. I know what I'm supposed to do. And I just take off like a shot. I'm thinking it's a sprint, but it's really a marathon. And, Mm. And just, really, it's been so helpful for me, even right now, like feeling a new direction, a little, not a new direction, but a new avenue that God's, I feel he's calling me to do. Well, in my go get it girl, my dreamer visionary mindset, I could just take off, get down there a year and turn back and go, isn't this great God? And God would be clear (laughs) back in 2022 going, it's nice. I didn't tell you to do that, Joanna. It's nice. Or even worse, I could be at the end of 2023 and be exhausted and frustrated yeah. because I'd been trying everything and I couldn't make it happen. And had I taken time, and I just feel like this is an important question. You know, there's nothing magic about November, or December, or January 1st. And yet for me, it is a really good reset point. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm thinking, of, you know, if if it's possible to just carve out some time where you get alone with God at the end of the year and, and just say, Lord, what are the things I need to leave behind? And what are the yeah. things I need to take into this new year? So it's, I guess it's both and, right? Let's go it's for both it. And. Let's not let fear hold us back, but let's make sure that God's in the process. What else can we do? in this journey of stepping into the new. Yes. I think that's so good. And I'm reminded of a quick story. I'll, I'll make it brief. A few years ago, I was training for a marathon. I'd 
before I married my husband, I had all kinds of time to do crazy things like that. And so I was running the St. Jude Memphis Marathon in Memphis, Tennessee. And part of the route runs through the actual hospital grounds there in Memphis. Mm. And every time I do that race, it's just such an emotional part of that course. And I always cry. And I had gotten through that part of the race. And it's so sweet because patients and their families line the streets and oh. just cheer you on. And it's just such an amazing experience. And it raises money to to help the the organization, the hospital. And so I thought I had gotten past the most emotional part of the race when in fact I hadn't. And that particular day, it was very hot for December in Memphis. It was in the seventies. And to know me is to know that I don't race well in the heat. And so I was starting to experience these heat exhaustion symptoms and I was really struggling. It was around mile 20 to 22 Mm. And a full marathon from listeners who might not know is 26.2 miles. So I still had a good ways to go. And I was approaching this bridge in downtown Memphis. And I noticed this family on the side of the street. And there was this, this girl who appeared to be a patient. And she was in a wheelchair. And I had my name on my bib. So from far away that she could see, you know, that my name was Rebecca. And so I start hearing her cheering my name. Mm. And the closer I get to her, I see that she's holding this poster in her hands. And the closer I get, you know, I I can start reading it. And it says, the same power that raised Jesus from the grave is living inside of you. You can do this. Wow. And Joanna, I... You know, that day, obviously, because as a follower of Christ, like, is there a more beautiful wow. truth than to know that the Holy Spirit resides inside of us? No, there is not. And so the rest of that race, that was my mantra, if you will, right? Like, I just repeated that to myself. Just put one foot in front of the other. Rebecca, the same power that Ugh. raised, that actually raised Jesus yes. himself from the grave, that power, the power of the Holy Spirit resides in you. You can do this. And the same goes, Joanna, for those moments when we are seeking the Lord for our next steps and it feels scary and maybe we don't have direction and we're seeking Him for that or we do and we're just scared or we just tired. We're just tired or we're weary. The same power that raised Jesus from the grave as a follower of Christ resides in you. And so it's not all up to you. It's not all on you. It's not up to your power or your strength. It is Him alive and well inside of you, giving you discernment and wisdom and instruction and walking with you through that. And so that moment in that marathon has become such a powerful reminder to me and my own calling. You know, I I could, we could give a lot of advice on, oh, how to, you know, five tips to have a great new year and take steps of faithfulness. But at the end of the day, sometimes we just need to remember really basic scriptural truths that so often we forsake in moments like that when we are weary or we're tired. And so I think for a listener today who might be feeling that way, remember, as a follower of Christ, you are filled with the Holy Spirit. He is residing in you, and that is the same power that raised Jesus from the grave. Oh my goodness, that's so, so good. 
I, I love that story. You guys, you're going to find all sorts of beautiful stories like the ones that Rebecca shared in her new book. Can you tell my listeners where they can find you and connect with you? I would love to. So you can pre-order the book anywhere books are sold. If you're an Amazon person, you can certainly pre-order it there. And you can find me mostly on Instagram at Rebecca George Author. And I would love to gift something to your listeners today, Joanna, if you will allow me to. Absolutely. Me and my team have put together this really special Advent resource that we're so excited to give away. It is called Light of the World. It's a 21-day Advent devotional that me and a lot of my friends wrote. And so it comes with a 59-page workbook that you can work through throughout the Christmas Advent season. And it has some really fun special pages inside too that will help you be really intentional this Christmas season. And we also will give you access to an audiobook version of the devotional narrated by me, as well as a Spotify playlist that is just so worshipful and fun Mm -hmm. that you can enjoy with your family this uh, Christmas season. So, Oh my goodness, that sounds wonderful. Well, we'll put the links into the show notes, but where should they go? Yes. So if you go to RadicalRadiance.live and you go to like my free resources tab, you should be able to get it from there. And if you follow me online, I will be sharing a ton about it in the weeks to come. So you you can easily find it either place. Perfect. And you guys be sure to check out the Radical Radiance podcast. Lots of amazing episodes that I know are going to bless you, including an episode with you, which was so fun. So listeners will have to go listen to that as well. Yeah, we'll put the link. <laughs> yes, yes. I love it. Oh my goodness, this has been so encouraging. Uh, you know, no matter where you're at in your journey, it, what no matter what you're facing in your life, I want you to see that little girl holding that sign saying mm. you can do this because yeah. you have a mighty, mighty God. I was thinking, you know, how the Bible, the competing ideas in the word of God, you know, where the Bible says, apart from him, I can do nothing. And yet Philippians mm-hmm. 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Mm. It's both true. It's just us realizing that it's never been about us coming up with resources. He's put resources in our hands. And if we'll just tune our hearts to his voice, he'll show us how to mix the paint and put it on the canvas. And at the end of the life and end of our lives, we're going to have a beautiful, beautiful painting to lay at his feet. Would you pray for us as we close? Oh, I would love to, Joanna. God, we thank you so much for this conversation and this time we've had today. And and I just pray for each listener coming to this episode that might feel fear or maybe they're weary or tired. God, I pray that you would just be so near to them in the midst of their day today. I pray that you would lead and guide and direct them. Each person coming to this this episode has next steps to take and is invited into a journey of, of faithfulness with you. And I just pray that um, you would enable them by the power of the Holy Spirit to take those steps of faith and obedience in the days to come. And and when we're unsure, God, I pray you'd bring clarity. When we are tired, I pray you would just bring strength. And where we just need need clarity and shrewdness, I just pray that you would provide that through your word and through how you speak to us in, in our time with you. And uh, we just thank you for for that, for just the great gift it is to know our creator, king of the universe, and to get to spend our lives 
as an offering of, of worship to you and, and using our gifts and our talents um, in a way that would just bring you the most glory. And so we thank you for that opportunity and, and thank you for this time today. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I love that so much. Hey, listen, you guys, if you feel God stirring your heart to do something for Him, or maybe you're in the middle of your journey and you just need some encouragement, I'll tell you what, this new book, Do the Thing, you've got to get it because it's so interactive and it really will be a beautiful companion for your journey. So tell us where we can find that. So so Rebecca, tell us where we can find that and all the good stuff you have for us. Oh, I love that. Yes, that's so good, Joanna. That was something that really mattered to me, and I think it'll make sense to you too, was that it wasn't just a book that we would read and stack hands on and move on from because there's so many things that I felt we really needed to process through with the Lord. And so there's several places to do that throughout the book. At the end of every chapter, there are prayer prompts, questions, scriptures to point you back to as you read so that you know, you're not just taking my word for it, but you are going to the word of God for encouragement and um, just as you process through these things. And there's also throughout the book, something we're calling the do the thing manifesto. Every chapter reveals a new statement in the manifesto. And at the end of the book, you have this just lovely encouraging piece to come back to in those days where you are weary and tired and you just need a little jolt of encouragement. And so I'm excited about that as well. We also have six interactive video sessions that you can access for free when you purchase the book. So if you're doing the book with a book club, with a friend, or even just by yourself, you can uh, just listen to those as a little extra encouragement after every two chapters. So all of that information is inside the book. So all you have to do is get the one book and you'll get access to everything. I love that. It's kind of cool that Rebecca's Do The Thing episode has landed where it has. Three years ago, God called me to start a podcast. And to be honest, I really didn't have the time or the resources to do it. But I knew God was asking me, and I have learned over all the years that what He asks us to do, He will equip us to do. So I stepped out in faith and pushed record and started releasing episodes every other week. And though it's been three years since I started, we're finally here. Episode 100 is just around the corner. So what is God asking you to do, my friend? I hope you'll take time to seek His wisdom and direction like Rebecca and I talked about. But then remember, you've got a mighty God within you who's more than willing to help you do all that He's asked you to do. Because you are God's opportunity in your day, someone has said. And they've gone on to write, and there will never be another opportunity like it, because there will never be another you. Well, if you've enjoyed today's interview, I hope you'll go to joannaweaverbooks.com forward slash podcast, and be sure to check out the archives. There are nearly a hundred other episodes filled with encouraging conversations, just like this one, inspiring and equipping you to do all God asks you to do, which really, when it comes down to it, is simply this helping you live and love and lead like Him. See you next time.